The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Doing your robot voice, Justin. Beep, bop, RGB, RGB. <laughs> so listen, uh, listeners, uh, the RGB bundle is the MAPS Red, Green, and Black bundle. That's MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. It's the only program that I'm aware of that literally programs out nine months of exercise program guaranteed to get you sexy riffic sexy <laughs> sexy riff it makes it we make up words that's how awesome make it is. you super buff but it, it's about it's like 300 videos exercise videos and demos you get blueprints basically nine months of your workouts planned out um and you go from maps red maps green to maps black at the end of it phenomenal results listen it's available mindpumpmedia.com again that's mindpumpmedia.com it's the maps rgb bundle get it if you want to pump your body and expand your mind there's only one place to go mind pump mind pump with your hosts sal de stefano adam schaefer and justin andrews a open, sk- open, a, open. A skinny guy. Hey, a skinny, I was just, that commercial? I, I was just doing open, that yesterday open, open. on my class teaching at Orange Theory, and I, I tribute to everybody. If you guys knew what that was from, you know what that's yeah. from? Yeah, it's a Mervyn's commercial or something like that. That's crazy. Even you yeah. remember that? Of course. Yeah. I, what do you mean, even me? Because <laughs> you, you don't watch that's TV. Powerful marketing, right there. You only, you still have one of those VHF UHF uh, dial TVs <laughs> at your house. Do I? Yeah, you don't watch any TV. Yeah. He gets the rabbit ears out. Did you? Do you remember? I remember wrapping foil around a coat hanger and sticking a coat hanger into your TV to try and get better Man, you reception. You were poor, weren't you? Oh, bro, we were. Yeah. yeah. No, I had, awesome. I always had good TVs because my, my family was into TV, and we um we had the black box. Do you remember mm. the black box? Yeah, dude, you got yeah. all the channels and shit. All the channels. I never got Ooh, that. We didn't get I that. Didn't so that. up until that point, up until we had the black box, when I wanted to watch porn. It was all squiggly. Yeah, you guys remember that? <laughs> yeah, oh, and you, yeah. you like make out like a nipple. Like, yeah. oh shit! Sometimes you get noises. Like it'll be like, <laughs> yeah, oh fuck! <laughs> and then kids, kids are so spoiled today. <laughs> yeah, and then and then dad bought dad buys the freaking black box, and it was just everything. Was like, are you kidding? <laughs> I was like, I'll never, I'm never gonna go to I'm bed. Get my 3D glasses yeah, I, out. This I, explains. I go to bed and I set my alarm. Be like 2 a.m. I'm waking up when everyone. <laughs> this explains everything now. <laughs> Well, it explains everything. Yeah. What do you mean it explains everything? That explains everything why you are the way you are, for sure. Am. How am I? <laughs> this is how Sal became a freak. Yes. <laughs> because I had the black box? Yes. Yeah, At a young age. I didn't have the were, black box, I didn't bro. either. Hold on, fool. You had fucking videos in your house. Huh? You. you I'm talking to you, Adam. Yes, I have videos in my house. You, you had like the 10-hour Gonzo video. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was Whoa. nine. Oh, wait, no. I was... 18. No, 17. I was 17 when I had that. Yeah, so you were 17 years old? Yeah. Well, I think I was... I told well, the story when my mom ripped out the, the, the tape. You thought yeah, about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, I was seven, 16 or well, 17. Well, that's the only reason, you know, the internet existed, right? Was to just show porn. That's well, what I thought. Well, the, no, you know that you know it's true is, I think it's... Doug, do you know this stat? <laughs> I feel like you should know this stat. <laughs> what? It's the percentage of people that are using the internet that are using it for porn right now. 
It's a hundred percent. No, no, no. no. Why, why should I know that stat? I just feel like you should know that. <laughs> hey, Doug, you know <laughs> it used to be a lot higher. I think. I think it's shifted some now. Oh, really? Well, I People mean, becoming conservative. Af- no, well, no. What happened is when the internet first came to be, that was the only thing of worth on it. And now that there's all types of Wait, hold on a e-commerce yeah. businesses. Ask Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. So what you're saying to me is that there's other stuff on the internet besides porn? Yeah. I hate to I break know, it to you. Sound, but I thought it was weird. just. I thought it was just Gmail and porn. That's all. That was, that was on there. I can't. I'm just blown. Oh, okay. My mind is blown. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the 21st like century. Google Scholar so, porn. So this reminds me of a book that I've been uh, reading uh, recently called A Billion. Wicked Thoughts. Have you guys heard of this? Did I tell you guys a little bit about this book? No. For are a you, second? Are you rereading it or something? No. So I, I started reading it um, because I uh, there was a video on YouTube where there were these two researchers that started talking about some of this research that they, they were doing. This book is fucking fascinating. So these guys are data analysts and they're uh, like top of their class. Very, very smart guys. And what they did is they took a billion internet searches and uh, mo- uh, many of them are porn searches and they were able to discern what what you know kind of vis- visual cues and psychological cues turn people on and the reason why this is such a fascinating book is in the past like some of the best sex studies that we have um uh, were done in the past like uh, the kinsey studies i don't know if you guys are familiar with some of the kinsey studies down in the 50s no, no? okay yeah. uh j- I'm, sure I, I'm fascinated yeah totally you- let's do this <laughs> so hold on a second relax so they- this is like you ran out of like fitness stuff like, you know what i want to read some fucking porn science today. i always do that yeah. so so the problem with sex studies is that the, is that they're based on on surveys and surveys you know number one um people have to be very open on the survey number two even if they are open they're open. They're not as open as they are when they're in the heat of the moment, or maybe they don't. They lie to themselves. And you also have to have subjects that are willing to fill these these surveys out. And it's usually, you know, pre med college students. It's all kind of the same category. Well, internet searches is everybody. It's in the heat of the moment. It's total privacy. So you learn real uh, <laughs> information about sex. Yeah, it gets and, real. And some of the stuff in this book is fucking ridiculous. It's crazy. For example, mm. here's a good one. Oh, good. Yeah, we needed it. Here's a good one. Uh, name the category of people who who do you think uh, searches for big dicks online the most? What category of people? Mm. Like like what Dudes. sex, age, and what it is? Like yeah, like men, women, gay, straight. That search big dicks, big gay dicks. dudes. Incorrect. No wow. straight, straight. Probably twenty three year old men or something. Straight, like that. straight so, dudes. They just want to see what looks for like. sure. They want to know if they got a big dick or not. No, that's not true. Is oh, that's it? not what it is. No, what? no, it's not true. Wow. So one of the one there's like four. I forgot what they were. There's four visual cues that will uh, stimulate arousal in a man. And one is of it another hard dick. That doesn't work. Correct. For me. No, listen to me. Adam. Well, no, I believe there's a percentage of people. Studies already flocked. <laughs> Shut up. You guys are so afraid. Listen to what I'm saying. So afraid. God. Don't be afraid of the dick, you gotta bro. Be open, man. Hey, Justin, just take the if dick. If you see a big dick, just don't take, run. Yeah, just okay. take the no, dick. No, be the, open. The second Go to I say, it. Come to I, it. The second I say, man, look at a big dick. She goes, no, not me. That's not me. <laughs> it's like this big old. I hate I'm dicks. just. I'm visualizing this big like bat signal. Dicks are gross. Dick. It's big dick. Listen to what I'm saying. Get aroused. If you go if if you watch a porn, how many porns are uh, let me put it this way, what's more popular? Porn of men with tiny dicks having sex with women or men with massive dicks having sex with women? Massive dicks. Correct. Tiny and who's dicks. watching those porns? Oh. 
Men. Yeah. Okay. And women, yeah. Men or no, men are watching most of that most of that porn. Okay. And men want to watch a big dick having sex with a woman. They do not want to watch a small dick having sex with a woman. Because well, then we'll feel bad for the guy. That's not true. Yeah. They're, they're fantasizing about being yeah. that person. No. Right? No? no, it's not that. Because number one, that proves that the big dick is in a, it is a signal, it is a visual cue to a man mm. to be turned on. And then it's not that he's turned on to the dick. It's called sperm competition. It's because, uh, I'll explain why. So if you look at the shape of a penis, I think I've told you guys this before. This is good. This is really scientific. This is awesome. If you look at the shape of a penis. This is all in this book? This is all in the book. All right, I'm going to have to read this book. The penis is, we evolved, first of all, as primates, we have some of the biggest dicks among all primates. Like a gorilla's dick is You're damn right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Take that, chimpanzee. It's designed to displace other semen and replace it with your own. It is literally displaced. If you look at the head of the penis and the sides of the penis and the foreskin, it goes in and it pulls out semen that's already in there and you replace it with your own. This is one of the reasons why... It's after, like a plunger. Yeah. Correct. This is one of the reasons why after Come orgasming, plunger. after orgasming, a man instantly will lose or many times will lose his erection because you don't want to displace your own semen. So in the when a man is a, in, around other big penises around women we're it's called sperm competition we're instantly aroused because we want to compete and we want to replace that sperm with our own so that's what i see a big like, dick and i go like you I gotta go replace it. if yeah, you yeah. see a big dick by itself no but if you see a big dick in the presence of a vagina or a woman you are aroused and it will arouse you more than just a vagina wow how mm. you like that and that right there is our episode today <laughs> yeah which drops the that's, mic. That's yeah, that is a mic drop. But anyway, dude. the book is fascinating because I think learning about human say it one sex, more time. Uh, a billion wicked thoughts. A billion wicked mm. thoughts. I th- learning about human sexuality will teach you more about people than almost anything else. Oh, I behavior, hundred percent, hundred percent. Oh, for sure. By, by, by more than anything else. No, I agree with that. Very interesting. I agree stuff. with that. Yeah. <gasps> oh shit. being brought to you by Chimera Coffee. It's the only coffee that is infused with all natural nootropics for a cleaner, calmer, and more focused buzz without the crash. Click the Chimera link at mindpumpmedia.com and input the discount code MINDPUMP at checkout for 10% off. It's the motherfucking quad. The eagle has landed. KU winner 18. <laughs> what do you think? Guys, uh, a trainer says that their waist will be bigger if they don't wear a belt. <laughs> the waist, oh, what? if they don't wear a belt, oh, okay. Yeah, it was a little bit long, I, I think, so I read- So this is like a lifting belt. Yeah, and so I read her whole thing. She says that she, when she gets up to about 185, when she's squatting 185 pounds, she puts a belt on, so she squats most of the time. Not, with no not bad weight for a woman. Oh, absolutely, and yeah. uh, I think it's completely okay that you throw a belt on to be safe at 185 pounds when you get up there, especially since she made a point to tell us that she's squatting- uh, without a belt, majority of the time, mm-hmm. and then just when she gets up to a, a weight like that, that her you know form could compromise. I think that's a that's awesome. I think it's uh, ridiculous to think that any of that has anything to do with your waist. Well, uh, whatsoever. He, here's the thing: like if you, so this is part of the some of the bodybuilding myths that come out that um, really get on my nerves, and mm-hmm. one of them is squatting and deadlifting will give you a bigger waist. That's the root of this. Okay, the root of this myth is that squats and deadlifts and overhead press and all these heavy barbell movements will make your waist bigger. Therefore, don't do them because you don't want to have a bigger waist. You want to get muscular with a small waist and blah, 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 blah. Here's the deal. Uh, The absolute vast majority of the people listening to this podcast right now, I would say 99.99% of you 
could try to get a bigger waist through yeah. more muscle around your waist, and you wouldn't be able to. It's you predetermined try. already. I yeah. mean, genetically, like if if I have the ability to build humongous obliques, you know, yeah, awesome. But that's like my thing. That you you can't say that everybody's going to do that based off an exercise. No, and in doing heavy squats and deadlifts, will you build more strength in your core from them? Yes. Will your waist get bigger? Here's the thing: if you get lean, that's like. 99% of the size of your waist right there. And you get really mm-hmm. lean. And let's say you add one-tenth of an inch because now your obliques and the abs are more developed. It's not gonna. You're not going to notice it, but what's going to end up happening is your midsection is going to look It'll amazing. Be more defined. Well, yeah. and, yeah, and you're going to be you're going to be more proportioned. It'll be it, more of an if, it, if you literally actually do grow the waist or core at all, the amount of weight it probably took to grow that from like squatting so heavy and deadlifting so heavy, your back and your legs yeah, now yeah. are it's gonna spread y- out. Yeah, it'll keep it in proportion, you know, because of how you're doing it. So. And I, I also think a lot of this comes from modern bodybuilding because these modern bodybuilders, number one, can build a shit ton of muscle anyway. Number two, they're on a ridiculous amount of drugs. And then they take drugs like growth hormone that <laughs> will enlarge the size of their internal organs and yeah. their waist. And so you've got these pro bodybuilders walking around, and they look like, like they're pregnant, uh, yeah. even though they're at two percent body fat, and it, and they blame it on having a thicker waist because the muscle or whatever. That's stupid. But That's it's like not all their internal organs that have grown. <laughs> yeah, so they they have to take every single measure necessary to keep their waist from growing. But that's not you or me or anyone else that's listening to this, uh, you know, to this podcast right now. And here's the other thing: this whole. Like, I don't want to, like, train my core a certain way because I don't want it to grow mentality. What it's doing is it's getting people to have horribly developed core muscles. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you. I mean, it's it's so impressive to see someone who's muscular, lean, but has a well-developed core, male or female, especially the obliques. Like, the obliques get – I don't know why they get such a bad rap. The obliques really make – you look strong. When you have nice-looking obliques, whether you're a man or a woman, mm-hmm. you just look very fit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think CrossFit does a good job of this. I've seen a lot of CrossFit athletes with amazing-looking cores because they a lot of them don't wear belts and they squat and deadlift, mm-hmm. and you see some of that. You know? Oh, yeah. So personally, I would say um, if you're going really heavy uh, and you're – especially if you're a power lifter or you're trained in an event that allows you to wear a belt – Go and wear one. Uh, should you wear a belt? You don't have to. Um, you can get really strong without one. Um, I use a belt when I squat over 300 pounds um, or if I deadlift over, I don't know, 450 pounds. I don't know about you guys. You That's exact, the same thing? I'm the exact same. As soon as I get to 315, I throw a belt on uh, whenever I'm squatting. And as soon as I get over about that with deadlifting, maybe a little bit more with deadlifting, I'll throw a belt yeah. on. Justin, so, you never use one, right? No, I never use one. Um, I used to a long time ago. And then uh, I just found, like, personally, if I, I kept training uh, within my ability and then I would try and press it and then I would try and PR, and that's where I was like, oh, maybe I should get a belt. And then I've actually tried to wear a belt, and it just felt so unnatural and uncomfortable for me because I haven't been training myself to to train with one. Yeah. So it's, like, unnecessary. It's like at that point it became a distraction in the lift which then prevented you know my performance a little bit so well this is actually why i always recommend to someone who hasn't started wearing a belt to never yeah if you've never started wearing one you're used to train that way cuz i do remember that transition for me of never wearing a belt to deciding to try it and actually feeling uncomfortable with the belt and mm-hmm. then 
actually liking it. You mm-hmm. know, so I went through that phase. So if you've never trained with a bell, I mean, go as far as you can without because it is. It's it is something you're just you're never going to be in the real world and be able to strap your belt on, lift right. something up here. So you always are going to want to be able to brace your core without an external well, force not, to press against. Yeah, and I'm not competing. You know, if like if I was competing right. and, and being like super, you know, aggressive and, and serious about it, I would I would consider that I would want to start training with the belt because I know that like I would be placing more load than on my body in a sense than you know maybe I'm I'm able to fully support properly and stabilize you know versus like you know the raw strength I could get you know with the belt feeling some more supported you know it would just be another one of those things that you you would start to kind of like psychologically worry about once you really start ramping the well, load up well here's the thing with the belt the belt changes the recruitment pattern of your core it's mm-hmm. very important to understand that right like, if i don't wear a belt the way my core stabilizes it it actually braces and draws in mm-hmm. when you wear a, thi- a a real belt by the way i'm not talking about the stupid bodybuilder belts where it's all skinny in the front and big in the back i'm talking about a real powerlifting belt your core pushes out against it braces and pushes out against the belt and the belt creates more core stability. So if you're going to compete in an event that allows you to wear a belt, it's important to use the belt in training because you have to learn how to use it. Right. You can't just put it on and then boom, I have more stability. You actually have to understand the recruitment pattern to use the belt. And if you always use a belt, then what ends up happening is you always, you end up developing uh, a preference for that recruitment pattern, and then when you go without it, you feel unstable. Yeah. So because they've done studies to show that you know, like Lane Norton will say, "Oh no, wearing a belt increases core st- uh, core activation, therefore it's good." And he's not telling the whole story. The, the whole story is it changes the recruitment pattern. So it really doesn't matter that it's activating the core more or less; is it's changing the pattern. So really, it's about what kind of pattern do you want to develop. And yeah. if you if you want to always develop your your recruitment pattern to not to be that way without a belt, then you shouldn't wear one. Yeah, especially when you're. I think the main takeaway from it is do not be doing it when you're just walking around the gym or oh, you're God. doing cable, cable flies cable. Oh. or you're doing moves that you want to be. I'll trip you. Yeah, <laughs> that's where you're gonna hurt because you know why? Because if you're walking around the gym and you, you just to pick up a you know, a 10 pound dumbbell and bicep curl it, you have a belt. Like that's how you ask for injury when you go out, out in the real yeah, world. Now your recruitment pattern is like set yeah. to be with a belt, you <laughs> yeah. know, and you hurt oh. yourself doing anything. Oh, transverse plate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Ryan, 1987 is asking how to naturally improve health of gut flora. This is a good question for Justin. <laughs> I love, I love that know, gut flora. We know, we know who picked this question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, so how did you guess? He was talking about how um, he started adding artificial sweeteners to his coffee and his oatmeal and how um, he was noticing more inflammation. And he thinks it's due to the effects of artificial sweeteners on uh, you know internal your internal microbiome or your gut flora. And that eliminating that, he thinks, made him feel better. And he wanted to know how many more, what other natural things you could do to you know, improve your gut flora. So here's the thing with gut flora. We know we're learning right now a lot about uh, its impact on the body. And the, the science coming out is be above and beyond what I could have ever imagined. Okay, I knew you know, not that long ago that your gut flora impacts things like inflammation, your immune system. Uh, whether you get autoimmune you know issues or not, you know allergies, those types of things. But now they're they're linking gut flora to your mood. They're linking it to uh, you know like they they, t- they did a test with women and they found that it changed 
you know, they 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 had they they had them take a a flora supplement or a, back, uh, a probiotic supplement, and then they did an fMRI machine which measures brain activity um, in real time, and they saw that brain activity changed simply from consuming uh, this probiotic. Um, they're finding that now uh, your gut flora is strongly connected to uh, mental disorders, uh, uh, you know, attention deficit disorder, uh, bipolar, depression, uh, schizophrenia. It's crazy. It's just insane. But if you think about it, it makes perfect sense. If you consider that we have at least as many, if not more, bacteria cells in our body than we have actual human cells. So in reality, you're walking around and you're less human than you are bacteria. It makes perfect sense that these uh, cells or this bacteria have evolved in a way to influence its host um, to behave a certain way or to feel a certain way to improve its own survival. So it makes it makes absolute perfect sense. And it makes sense that, that if we mess this up, um, that we're going to, uh, you know, have problems, um, long-term health problems like cancers and, and chronic ailments and uh, and even, like I said, how, affecting your mood. Unfortunately, we don't have the science yet that tells us what is the best, you know, gut flora fingerprint. Right. Like we know there's certain, gut, there's certain strains of bacteria, lactobacillus and the bifido, you know, strains and there's certain soil. Now we're finding soil-based organisms we're finding have benefit and there's certain yeasts that have benefit that when you give them to people, they seem to get healthier, uh, you know, have less skin issues, you know, uh, it regulates their gastro, you know, gastrointestinal area. But we don't know what that what that fingerprint looks like, what the perfect fingerprint looks like. And we don't yet understand all these bacteria. Um, they're doing studies now where they'll take fecal transplants from very healthy people and put them in people who have chronic illness. And then, boom, the person's chronic illness mm. goes away. I know it sounds gross. Yummy. Um, but here's what we do know. Uh, we do know that a diverse uh, flora is good. So you don't want to be stuck with uh, you know, less strains of bacteria. You want to have more. You want to have a diverse uh, flora. And the way you get that is with a diverse diet. Mm-hmm. So if your diet is typically keto, ketogenic, it's still a good idea to throw in some starches Every once in a while, it's still a good idea to have a day that may be vegan. Um, if you eat lots of red meat, it might be a great idea to have some fish uh, or some chicken or to have no animal you know, protein. Maybe throw in a day where you have, you know, more fruit or, you know, more vegetables or more nuts. So as far as like uh, phytonutrients go, like too, like they also have like traits that, that are like basically insecticide, you know, sort of traits that like act as um something that uh, uh like that that hormesis that whole concept that like you you introduce it in, in in small amounts and it also like provides a lot of um you know benefit to that so that's yes. why you know you get different uh, palettes of, of different colors provide different types of nutrients absolutely and you want to consider too that bacteria themselves also check other bacteria growth mm-hmm. so like a, a really horrible um infection that people will get post antibiotic therapy is called c diff and this is because when you take uh, antibiotics, it destroys all these bacteria, which were keeping the overgrowth of other bacteria in check. But now that you've eliminated them, it's opened the door and you get these horrible infections. And C. diff is a major killer of the elderly or people who are stuck in nursing homes or in hospitals uh, because of that. So uh, this diversity is very important and eating a wide variety of foods is very important for this. And, uh, you know, for example, if they take people who eat uh, lots of meat 
and they examine their gut flora, it will look a certain way versus vegetarians or vegans. It will look a certain way and you'll find these these trends and it's probably better to be able to kind of mix it up a little bit. If you take a probiotic supplement, for example, you're probably better off taking one brand of probiotic and then aiming for other strains afterwards and mixing it up. For example, I take uh, a probiotic uh, you know, blend that's got the bifido and the lactobacillus bacteria in it. And then when I'm done with that, I go with the soil-based ones. And then when I'm done with that, I look for something else. Mm-hmm. Um, fasting. Fasting, intermittent fasting and calorie restriction have all been shown in animal studies to improve the microbiome uh, in the animals that uh, it seem to be in ways that are beneficial for longevity and for inflammation. So fasting now is being uh, among all the benefits of fasting because uh, there's lots of them. They're finding uh, gut health um, and gut flora, uh, you know, diversity and uh, it's it's good for those things. So incorporating fasting is one of them as well. Um, and then there's like as there's certain starches that you might want to eat, like a potato, like certain potato starches. I think help feed certain bacteria. But anyway, the 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 whole thing in a nutshell is eat whole natural foods, eat a variety of them. You might have found the way you like to eat that you feel the best. In other words, you might be you know vegetarian, you might be uh, lots of meat, you might be paleo keto, but throw in some variation. It doesn't have to be super frequently, but every once in a while to encourage. Uh, some of that diversity, um, and then eat foods that uh, are fermented um, that provide you with natural bacteria like uh, kombucha mm-hmm. and you know certain natural you know uh, naturally fermented yogurts, um, sauerkraut, you know those types of things. Don't you don't you guys find this is one of the ways too that you keep it interesting for yourself? Like I totally. find I find like focusing on different ways of eating and, and manipulating my food is is interesting versus always eating the same way at the same time the same types of foods like you can see now how not just the physical stuff that's going on the mental side of that right and also you can see now how the whole bodybuilder you know eat eight you know six meals a day and it's the exact same uh food six times a day and the only thing that they've calculated is calories and macros Mm -hmm. you can see how that is fostering uh, a very non-diverse flora, right? And setting yourself up for Not problems. Only that minerals and other micronutrients they probably didn't even consider. That's the and that's even more obvious in the flora, right? It's, yeah. it's just you're setting yourself up for for failure. There's a million and one different ways to get your macro to macros breakdown, and Hash, then well. and and then there's great ways to to take your macros and and we always we you know Mind Pump has always advocated. You know, mixing up your macros here and there, and, and undulating your calories, and uh, you know, having to do with your your, your gut floor. That's another benefit to doing yeah, those. You things. know, what this brings me back to is hashtag Adam eat Doug's poo. <laughs> Doug, beautiful. Yes. thank you. Jeff Mack is rehabbing from some acute psoas injuries. Nothing cute about it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Ooh. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's always good for at least one yeah. bad joke. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So could you add that in there, Doug? Yeah, we'll we'll add that in. So he owns the RGB bundle. And uh, of course, we always recommend starting with red as the foundational Maps program. Red. Yeah. Uh, however, he's wondering, you know, for increased mobility and rehabbing purposes, if he should start with green. Excellent question. Yeah, mm-hmm. we we put them in the order that they are: maps, anabolic, maps, performance, and then maps, aesthetic, otherwise known as red, green, and black. We put them in that order 
because that's probably the best order for most people. Most people listening, right? That's probably the best order. But you'd think that order for somebody who's in generally good health, you know, and doesn't have many limitations and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Well, here's the thing. Most people listening who are, who are working out now or not. Okay. So if you're a beginner, follow, go red, green, and black. Yeah. If you're following the typical body part split, like most of our listeners, follow red, green, and black. If you're a power lifter, you don't want to start in red. If you're a power lifter, you might be better off starting in green or black because yeah. red phase one is going to be more similar to your powerlifting training. If you have imbalances, uh, muscle imbalances or posture imbalances, or you notice your right to left is off, um, and or like this guy's got acute psoas injuries or psoas problems, mm-hmm. starting in green is a oh, great a fucking great idea. idea. Yeah. It's a beautiful great idea. Great idea because you'll go from green and he can go. He can even go from green to red to black, mm-hmm. and he would be in really. That's really probably great the shape. best way to do it. Yeah. That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I want to put emphasis too on this because I just I just ran into somebody who was going through green. He actually got green first, and he was asking me a question about uh, the tempo and <laughs> coming out. And I think it was it was I can't remember what phase we have the explosive squats. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, you know, I I can go heavier. I know I can go heavier, but should I go heavier or should I? Phase three, I think. Should, should I concentrate more on my tempo and the explosiveness? I said, absolutely, the, the concentrate on the explosiveness and moving the weight better than putting the going weight up. It's a different adaptation we're trying to get you to focus on. Everyone's got to wrap their brain around that. You don't just go through green and just say, oh, I'm going to follow this different programming and you, these guys are just magically going to change my body in a different way. It's like you need to have the mentality of it's a different focus for you. You're trying to you're trying to master the movements. You know, you're not trying to, I don't care if I go up 10, 15, 20 pounds during the whole program. That's not my, that's not my focus. If I can do a squat with three to six more inches in my, in my range of motion and a deadlift with better form, like that's what I'm trying to win out of this. Like that's what green is really all about. Yeah. Green is like, it's, it's, it's all about moving better. All of them are about skill, but green is very much about skill. You want to leave green feeling good uh, and proficient at the movements and at the intent and the adaptations of green um whereas in red for example a lot of it there's definitely skill but a lot of it is how much more weight you're lifting the prs are a very big focus right right exactly so with green it's about doing those things better and believe me your body visibly will change uh, as a result from that oh 100 you just you need to have that mentality and i know and and that it's hard. It's hard when you, especially when you, if you just did red, you exactly. love, you love red. You love that chasing the PR. Yeah. Everybody gets caught up in that. Then they go over to green and they're, they're kind of wanting to, they think just the change of programming, but yet the same mm-hmm. mentality of I'm going to see PRs and be, no, it's different movements, total different adaptation we're focusing on. So, you know, you want to go into that program with the, my goal is to be able to move better when I come out of come out of this program. Yeah, and I would say um, again, uh, if you're a power power lifter or a strength athlete, and you always train in strength, green may be the place, probably the place to start as well. I, I, I don't I don't see how going into red would be a great idea. You want to change it up and go into something like green. I agree. Um, and then maybe go black, and then maybe go red, and bring it right back to kind of something similar to what you may be used to. Um, because you don't want to transition into a program that's similar to what you're currently doing. Now, for most of you listening right now, uh, you're following body part split, bodybuilding type training. You're doing multiple exercises per body part, eight to twelve rep range. Um, go straight, go to red. It'll blow. It'll blow your mind. Uh, it'll your the strength gains, the muscle gains will blow your mind. Um, but uh, green just it doesn't get the same um, admiration, uh, or it's not in the spotlight as much. But I can tell you something right now. The value of green, 
I would weigh heavier than than all the programs. The, the value that most of you guys are going to get from Green, you're going to learn a shit ton from Green. That's all I can say. That's like, almost why it's a little bit higher price point. I feel you know there's a lot, is a lot of dense content in there. Well, you knew the most programming went into that. Yeah. Oh, you know, by far yeah. it was it's the most technical by far. I'd say in terms of the complexity of the programming, yeah, absolutely. Right. The Fever Moore is asking the key to monster traps. Oh. Yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> I'll skip. <laughs> Come on, well, expert. Well, you know what though? There's there's some things that. Uh, first of all, genetics always play a huge role in this. Yeah, yeah. Mo- sure. mo- most guys that have the, have those huge traps are <laughs> you know the same guys that you see that have the huge calves. Like you, you kind of have them or you don't. Not to say you can't develop them because you can develop both those. But it's one of those muscles that it's a small muscle. It's not responsible for a lot of big movements. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not, uh, you either kind of have it or you don't. Um, and honestly, I, more often than not, when it comes to traps, I see more uh, deviations and problems and issues that need to be addressed more than developing, right? And getting bigger. I When I see people doing shrugs, uh, here's the mistake that I see. Because shrugs, right? We think shrugs is a trap exercise. And it is. Um, is it the best trap builder? Uh, I would argue no. I would say that the high pulling movements, uh, deadlifts, uh, mm-hmm. farmer walks, mm-hmm. you know, where the traps have to, especially those upper traps, have to act as a stabilizers. Yep. Um, uh, you know, I've I've gotten way more sore. I, my upper traps have gotten way more hammered from doing uh, a heavy, you know, uh, farmer walk. Yep. Um, than ever from any kind of shrugs. I can shrug. Well, it's one of my favorite. Yeah. Really. Exercises for yeah for traps just for to stabilize. I was like, this goes back to my theory of like playing football and like I visibly remember my traps being huge, and it's mainly because I was wearing a fucking helmet around all the time, and I'm wearing pads. And it's just like the frequency of that, like day in and day out, practice and practice and practice. It's like it, just that added amount of weight kind of like pushing everything down and having, you know, carrying a bunch of heavy stuff all day. Like that's that's really what did it, you know? Yeah. I, I, well, I was going to say about the uh, as far as shrugs is concerned, one of the mistakes I see is uh, poor range of motion. So I see people loading up a shit ton of weight and then doing like these little jerky there was a guy that used to work out at the 24 in Morgan Hill. He oh, wore like the chicken wing thing? Really? Yeah, he had a belt that said Beast on it. You guys remember this guy? <laughs> no. Okay, big fat dude. He wore a belt that said Beast on the back. So when, he would, <laughs> when he'd come into the gym, I'd get on the intercom, and he would come to Santa Teresa sometimes too. He'd come in, and I'd get on the intercom and real quiet, just <laughs> loud enough to, to, for my salespeople and everybody to kind of know that I was talking on the intercom, but not so loud that the whole gym could hear it. And I'd just real quiet, I'd go, beast real quiet every time he'd walk in the beast has arrived he would go up to the hammer strength shrug machine and he would put like six plates on each side like he'd have a shit ton of weight (laughs) and he'd stand up with it and i swear to god this is what he would look like he'd stand up and he'd go (laughs) like it was like a mini seizure like me 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 i i don't know what he but he'd do that and he'd drop it and then he'd walk around and like Beasting. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm just straight beasting. <laughs> but I see a lot of people do shrugs where they just do this little tiny, tiny movement. There's much more range of motion there. Yeah. And the other mistake I see is people bring I mean, their that's shoulder. That's Adam's go-to dance move, yeah. by the way. The other thing is I think see people rolling their shoulders forward when they shrug. Yeah. Rather than having them come straight up and back a little. You should almost aim for the back of your ears when you shrug. You'll feel a much harder squeeze in the upper traps. 
than having the shoulders come forward, which, believe it or not, actually engages the upper pecs a little bit. So you also see people with uh, the bar behind them, right? And old school yeah, exercise. Like old school. Yeah. That'll do that. That was a so, Lee Haney's favorite. I used to do that. Uh, Did you? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's one of Lee Haney's favorite exercises. Um, well, that's great because it, it it pulls your scapula back. You know? Right, that's what it forces you to keep everything back. Yeah. That's a, that's a great. That's actually a great old one that no nobody does. Like if you're gonna if you're if you are gonna barbell shrug like that, like pulling it from behind is probably a great idea. I do, and it's hard. You got to clear your glutes when you do it, and you got to you know your form has to be really good. You got to go real light, but it definitely pulls the shoulders yeah, back. Yeah, a lot of clearance there. Yep. So I, I'll, I'll do those. Um, I like to deadlift a lot. The thing about my traps is what traps I have. I've developed from nothing. Um, I've, I developed my mid back, uh, pretty well. And I, I, I the mid traps and I attribute that to heavy deadlifts hundred percent. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, pulling off the floor and then oh, having yeah, to hold the weight will definitely do it. But, uh, the sorest I ever got in my traps and that ne- not saying that that's a great indicator of, you know, uh, how effective an exercise is, but I just felt, I always feel those heavy farmer walks or, uh, if I, like I go to a theme park with my kids and I carry someone on my shoulders, mm-hmm. I always, my traps get like a freaking workout just from carrying them on my shoulders. So three th- top three movements for traps. Yep. Uh, let's see. Hang clean. Power cleans. Yeah. yeah. That for sure. It's number one for hang me. clean. Yeah, um, clean. I'd say a heavy, I like heavy farmer walks, heavy farmer walk and then a heavy and then heavy dumbbell shrugs have to be up there. Yeah. That would be last uh, money. We're did all... you ever work your shrug your traps out, Adam? Oh yeah, you did. Okay. Oh yeah, for sure. That's why the hanging uh, hanging clean hands down. Mm-hmm. The, the the best my traps ever looked was when I was it was incorporating that for sure. Um, but you have to have good form though with your hand clean. Yeah, I, you're not just doing a reverse curl up to your shoulder. No. Like you're, you're, I've seen guys do that, man. No, to. no, and you need to be ripping some good weight, you know, for it to really kick up in there for sure. So. No, no, I think that, and then uh, I barbell probably shrugs. I like, you know, it's you. I make me want to do this because I haven't done the behind your back in a long time, and it's such a great. Right now, I'm I'm really focusing on that that retraction in my scapula right now too. So it'd be a great bro. It's great to reinforce I, that. You know, I don't mm-hmm. go heavier. Yeah. I, I don't go heavier than 135 on the bar. 45 on each side. It's yeah. the heaviest I go on that exercise. Versus when the bar's in front of me, I, I've gone up to three, four plates. Mm-hmm. So it's very, very different. Yeah. For the skinny fat girls. Mm. What's in your refrigerator? (laughs) Hey, girls. (laughs) Holla. Hey, girl. Uh, What's in my refrigerator? Let's see. Why don't we say what's in each other's refrigerator? No, you don't know what's in our refrigerator. He's got the the, the mold and and spores and bacteria cultures. He's like, no, let's see if this one interacts with this one. I I envision in Sal's, I envision a big fucking bowl of chicken already made and a big (laughs) fucking bowl of broccoli and a big fucking bowl of fish. That's it. That's it. And then olive oil. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah and, I, and avocados. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, That's uh, all I see. Yeah. And coconut oil in there. <laughs> Adam's got. Let's see. What does Adam have in his? Oh in his god. Fridge? You say pizza for me. Yeah. I'm, Adam's I can't got. Deny it. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, do you have pizza in your fridge right now? I ate it all <laughs> last night though. Yeah. Adam, what do you got in your fridge? Let's see. Diet Coke. That's like your yeah, vice. That's your vice. If you're gonna drink something bad, you're right. You have a Diet Coke. You're right. Yep. Let's see. What else you have in there? Peanut those butter. Reese's, the, yeah, like like the the homemade ones. Those are in protein. my freezer, hundred yeah, percent right now. Protein ones, yeah, hundred percent. Uh, those are in there, and you some and probably three or four different kind of like sauces or or something yeah. you could put on meat some, or chicken, some like a kind hot of sauce bodybuilder esque, you know, pre made meal. Thing, yeah, I definitely. But, I we have Tupperware in there. Yeah, I mean, I've got. Yeah, yeah. I definitely have probably you know eight pre paid uh, pre made meals yeah, already that are in there. Because so. you're a guy that eats a lot. So I do, and it's keep it stocked. I have to have. I I learned a long time ago for me that um, if I don't have some healthy choices ready for me, 
uh, I'll make bad choices. But yep. if I've got something that just to back up, and I'm always trying to make make my food fresh or make good choices while I'm out, but if it's easy for me to make an excuse to have something else that's not ideal for me, if I'm mm-hmm. if I don't have something ready for me, so for me it's it's a must. What do you got in there, Justin? See, Since we know you don't have pizza, no, I don't. But <laughs> hot pockets. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I think the worst thing would be the alcohol that's in the freezer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got that? Oh, the tequila. Yeah, got, yeah. No, I got some Crown up there. I got a little bit of uh, uh, tequila. You know, because I like to party. Uh, that's unlike tinder, these guys. That's what it says on his Tinder. That like, says on his yeah. tinder. Says, <laughs> hey, guys, I like to party. <laughs> you, you mean grinder. But yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, so that, I, lo- I always have like a huge block of cheese. You know? <laughs> it's like the enormous one, you know, just because I don't want to run out. Do you have the anal beads in there because you like to keep them cool? Um, I'm not into that like you. So okay. I, I, uh, <laughs> I do have some uh, other cool. toys in there, but... Um, um, yeah, like cucumbers. I definitely oh have a lot. God. I have a lot of vegetables. You know, you guys would be surprised. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, up. it's actually a lot healthy. You know what I do have is is uh, uh, my chicken eggs. So it's all like fully stocked now. Oh, yeah. They're all finally producing, except two of them are starting to brood. So that means that what they're that not mean? producing. They basically... They just stop making eggs? They think that they, that they really need to like uh, uh, make a baby. You know, and so like they will stay in there and they won't eat and all that. And they'll just like sit and squat on the egg and they won't let you take it because, you know, they get in this weird, crazy mode. Yeah. well, there's a lot that's of ways you eat to eat those ones. Yeah. Hold on a second. <laughs> that's pretty deep. Fried. I was just going to say, is, yeah, it, yeah, is, it, is that mean? Is it time to eat them? Yeah, well, you can't, like. They're I, not made for eating. Yeah, they're not made for Like, they're past, their, they're past their prime anyway. Of course you can't. Oh, they taste gross. Bro, yeah, there's chickens that are bred for young ones. eating, and yeah. then there's chickens that are bred for eggs. So, what do you do for them? What do you do with them then? If so, they stop making you eggs? Well, so there's a few. Like, we're trying to phase them out, you know, eventually. So, that's a nice way of saying killing them. Yeah. Well, what we're saying is we're going to let them develop these little ones into chicks. So, we're actually going to let them be mothers. They so don't know that they're going to replace themselves. No, <laughs> right, right. This is this is pretty uh, fucked up. Fucked up. Yeah. So <laughs> then you're going to grind them up. We went to and a feed farm. them to the chicks. Yeah. Oh, bro. Uh, Great. We're going to get, get PETA after us Sorry. now, dude. Way to go, PETA. I didn't say any of this. You guys are off we're just on another kidding. tangent. Yeah. yeah. Good thing we just had our talk with our lawyers right now. Son of a any, bitch. Anything Sal says, we're protected now. <laughs> so what do you do then? So then, so yeah. Thanks for you know, coming back. Um, I, I went to this farm and we bought these eggs that like um, they had been fertilized. So now we take them back and and uh, let them actually try and um, hatch. So let, let them we, we kind of replaced their eggs with those eggs. Mm. And swaparoo, and little swaparoo, and uh, it hadn't worked. And now like two of them actually, you can look at them with a with a light and you can see whether there's an embryo in there or not. And there two of them have an embryo. So you know we'll see. But what do you do with the old chicken? That's my question. What do you mean? You just kill them? No, they'll be part of the pack. They're They're just chilling there. Yeah, they'll be there in the in the the mother house, mother hens. Yeah, man. You know, and so we gotta set the rules. Until they get too old, and you know, and they start being all crazy, and then snap. Whoa, (laughs) (laughs) Adam, have you tried? Dark. Have you tried any of Justin's eggs? I haven't actually. Have you, Doug? Me neither. Uh, I should take. You that's guys pretty fucked up. I think, I think. I think our first yeah, day is, at work, you should scramble up. us some eggs. Yeah, I, I want to have some eggs. Maybe I'll hard boil them and I'll just bring them in. Do you feed your chickens anything anabolic to make mm-hmm. the eggs more well, awesome? Well, of course, uh, you know, tremble on. What if we took? The, <laughs> yeah. What if we took some of your? What if we took the like when your old chickens? Yeah. Gave them some of Adam's growth hormone. <laughs> I like this idea. Yeah. 
I want to. I want to get a big. I want to get a pump. I want to make a like chicken. I want to make it's so expensive. You're gonna waste it on some fucking chickens. <laughs> I want to make a roided out <laughs> mind pump chicken. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Then we could take them to Mexico and have them fight. Yeah. No. no that's, that's bad for the chicken. Let's just give them steroids. Put lots of juice. What's it mean? It intimidate everybody. Well, if you're still listening and you're not pissed off by us, we're not really gonna do these things. No, we're not. Please leave us a five star rating review on iTunes. Uh, if we like your review and if it wins, if it's one of the best ones we get that week, you will get a free Mind Pump t-shirt. Also go to mindpumpmedia.com. That's where you can check out all our programs like the Red, Green, Black Super Bundle. That's nine months of exercise programming. It's available at mindpumpmedia.com. And you can find us on Instagram at Mind Pump Radio. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal, Adam at Mind Pump Adam, and Justin at Mind Pump Justin or at chickenlover.com. You son of a bitch. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now, plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.